Hey guys, before we get into the episode, it blows my mind that we're launching another podcast. And this time, I actually want to feature you guys as a guest. Now, if you're a six-figure entrepreneur who has your own podcast and you listen to the show, I actually want to interview you on our brand new podcast, which is called Six Figure Podcast Rebels. You just need to go to www.top100interview.com and you can apply to get featured. All right, guys, back to the show. Have you ever looked at yourself in the mirror and thought, wow, I really thought I'd be further ahead by now? If so, you are not alone. I've spent the last two years traveling the globe looking for the answers. The problem is, it's fear of failure that was holding me and so many of you back. I realized that no one was telling the real story of entrepreneurship. So I flew to the US, decided to face my fear and go all out to build my million dollar business completely from scratch. But the real question is, how will I do it? Join me on my journey and find out as we build our online tribe and share the internet's top marketing secrets. My name is Jamie Atkinson, and this is the Entrepreneur Junkie Movement. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Entrepreneur Junkie Movement podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Atkinson, the podcast junkie, and today... I have a very interesting and very special guest to bring on with you. The guest that I have today was actually recommended by one of my other guests. And the reason that my previous guest, and it was Catherine Jones who recommended me to speak to my guest today, she said that I had to speak to her based on the fact of what a dramatic change this person had made in Catherine's life. And if you guys remember that episode with Catherine, you'll know that she's been super successful, nearly 10x to business in the last year or year and a half alone. And the person today that we're speaking to is one of Catherine's biggest mentors. My guest today is a powerful speaker. She's an author. She's a mentor to high-performance women and entrepreneurs all across the world. She's a mother of four. She saved parents around the world with a brilliant baby bath, the Pudge Tub. And in less than a year, she built a multi-million dollar international company, literally from a napkin sketch and a giant leap of faith. She's been on the cover of Entrepreneur Magazine with her husband, Ben. I'd like to welcome my guest today, Katie Richardson. Hey, Katie, how's it going? Jamie, that was such an amazing introduction. Thank you so much. Super excited to be here and honored that Catherine would even connect us. Yeah, well, I mean, you made it very easy to give you a good introduction because you have done so many cool rock star things. But one thing that I, that I really love to do on this show, and, and you kind of know this, Katie, because I just talked to you about it, is I, I really love for my audience to connect with my speakers and, and to understand about you know where they kind of came from and how they got on this journey. Because you know yeah. you can hear that and you can say, wow, you know, she's been on a cover of a magazine and you know and she's had all this success and she's this mentor and she's helped you know other successful entrepreneurs. And honestly, it can give you this kind of little bit of a a celebrity status and star status that makes people feel like you're more than human. So what I really love to do is help people kind of connect with like where you even got started in this online journey. So would it be cool for you to share that with the audience? Yeah, absolutely. And I have to tell you, when I hear that introduction that you just did, it was awesome, by the way, but absolutely like that is a highlight reel. And I know as an entrepreneur, I know that when I hear something like that, man, that person has walked through fire. That person has experienced resistance. And I love that you have a conversation around that theme because yes, I have a lot, have had a lot of success. I've also had tremendous amounts of failure. So how did I even get started on this entrepreneurial journey? I didn't even know what that word was when I got started. Honestly, I was a stay at home mom 
who had a product design degree and I just liked making things. And I was in a children's boutique and I had my two-year-old and my brand newborn with me and the boutique owner attacked me. And she said, I go to all the trade shows and this is hot, where'd you get it? And she was talking about a baby carrier that I had and a blanket and some shoes. And I was really unsure of myself, Jamie. I had gotten a degree, yes, but I, I really hadn't had a lot of experience in the quote professional world. And I just, I always knew I wanted to be a mom. And so that was like, once I got married, that was kind of my direction and my commitment. Um, but it, that didn't take away from the fact that I liked making things and I liked solving problems in a really unique and interesting and simple way. And so here I was this young mom who had made solutions for myself, essentially, that went along with my kids. And I had this boutique owner asking for it. And I, and I was like, well, if she wants it, maybe somebody else in Portland wants it. So I went to some other boutiques. And every store I went into, I just said, hey, my name's Katie Richardson, and I make things. And what do you think? <laughs> and at the time, I didn't know this, Jamie, but like everybody said yes. And apparently that's not normal. Um, but everybody placed an order. And I had committed my mom. I said, can you make me 100 of these? Like, we'll just start out with 100 carriers. And she was like, sure. And I sold all of those within a week. It just <laughs> went super fast. And my husband was like, this is super exciting. Um, we need to scale this up. We need to get you a real manufacturer. And I was really intimidated. And I have to share something um, that the store owner said really early on in this experience. Um, her name was Meryl. And when she first told me that she wanted to buy my products, I was really resistant to it because I was like, you don't understand. And I began to iterate to her who I saw myself as. And I was saying things like, I'm just a stay-at-home mom. I don't know anything about business. I don't have time to do this, right? I was giving her all my reasons and my excuses for not doing it, especially not doing it now. She listened to me and then she stopped and she looked at me and she said, I understand that life is really busy right now, but someday those kids are gonna be in school full time and you're gonna find yourself with some time on your hands and you are going to wish that you had done something with these gifts that you have. And my life was like, you know, I had a two-year-old and a newborn. Like anybody who has young kids knows, like that's fully consuming. And I could not see past that present moment. And for the first time, she helped me kind of push past the chaos that my life was in the moment to kind of peer into the future and to experience a little bit of potential regret. And it was really powerful to experience that potential regret. And I just like, as crazy as my life was at the time, I was like, I can't get to 10 years from now and look back and wish that I had done something about this. That's so powerful. And that like moved me to start creating what I ultimately created. Question, do you still, do you, do you ever speak to that lady that gave you that epiphany? Have you ever spoken you know, to her since then? So this was like 2007. And like in the last 10 plus years, the boutique, boutique industry has really suffered and her, her store went out of business and she's not around anymore. I don't like Meryl and Camus Washington. She changed my life. She did. Cause she was just aggressive and she wouldn't take no for an answer. And she was like, look, you got to do something about this. I wonder if she knows. I wonder if she knows what a big impact. I she talk had about on. her all the time. I One day I hope that she'll hear this. Oh, that's so amazing. And, yeah. uh, and it's funny because I speak to a lot of entrepreneurs and, and listening to your story like makes me emotional. Like I, I can feel it like right now, like in, in my head, because it's, 
it's the thing that happens to so many people is that there's these people that affect us in our lives that they don't even realize what a huge impact they leave. And, and it literally can be the catalyst for everything, like our whole totally. careers and everything that we want to change. So thank you for sharing yeah. that. And that's, that's really amazing. So, so what happened after that? Like you've got this drive and suddenly you're like, you know what, I'm going to do this. I don't want to live a life of regret. And, and what happened after that? Well, I like t things took off kind of regionally, right? I went to every store and boutique and pretty much every boutique that I went into said yes and placed an order with a minimum of 10 units that I had just kind of learned that you have to have a minimum and that gets people to order more. And then I was like, cool. Well, if everybody in Portland likes it, maybe they'll like it in Seattle. So I drove to, Se drove to Seattle and I did the same thing. And I went to all the stores and they all bought. Flew to San Francisco, they all bought. And so I signed with a sales rep who did kind of the, the big trade shows that I needed to be in. And she would go attend the shows and would send me these orders. So this was kind of the first year of my business. And as I was doing this, my husband, who's also a product designer, uh, it was over a Christmas break. He was like, Katie, this is so exciting to watch all this happen. Just think like, what if we created something together that allowed me, meaning him, <laughs> allowed him to quit his job and we could do all of this together. And I was like, that would be amazing. And so over a Christmas break, our boys were one and three at the time. We sketched out and began creating an, an idea that we, we wanted something that was gonna like really wow people, right? Be a game changer. And so as product designers, we're really good at problem solving. So we just started listing all the problems. And ultimately the thing that we both really couldn't stand was bathing an infant. It should have been this beautiful bonding experience. And yet it was like intimidating, scary. The baby would cry. I would cry. They were slippery when they were wet. And it just like, it was supposed to be this beautiful experience and it wasn't. And so we just made a list of everything that we hated about bath time and everything that our ideal solution would have and, and what it would solve. And really the solution came out of that list. Like People think constraints are limiting, but actually good design comes from very clear constraints. And we got really, really clear on what the constraints were and it, and it was able to lead us to this beautiful design, which we like, we came up with it literally that week and then just went like searching for materials and how can we quickly prototype this? And first it was just paper. And then we found some materials that was, would flex and bend the way we needed it to. And, ultimately created our, our very first prototype. And talk to me about like what this is like, cause I've, I've honestly never bathed a baby, but I mean, I've washed yeah. a few dogs and like, <laughs> you I know are, people I'm like people use my products. So the product is called the punch tub. I've had people write in and say, I bathed my dog in your bathtub. Um, bathing an infant in a hard plastic bathtub. I mean, it's, it's essentially the way it was a hundred years ago or 200 years ago. It's just a tub that holds water. It's not really taking into consideration that there's a newborn, that we need a cradle, that needs to feel safe and secure, um, that you're even setting this all up with a newborn in your arms. And as a mom, I knew all of those things. And like one of the things that we do really, really well is take a step back from the problem and try and look at the big picture. What is it like before you bathe the baby? What's it like during bathing the baby? What's it like afterwards cleaning it up with this slippery wet infant in your arms? And there were just a lot of things about the current solution that we just hated. And so we tried to take a, a more 360 view of what was going on and solve the problem, not just to clean a baby, because like, seriously, a tub can do that. It wasn't about cleaning a baby. 
it was about creating a beautiful experience for the mom and the child or the parent and the child. Yeah. Most people forget most moms only have like half an arm by the time they've like <laughs> had yes. a couple of things hanging off them. And then there's a child in the other arm and then a dog battering at their feet. Like, all yes. this, right? Yeah. Or another kid in the big bathtub. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Or a husband so, as well, just sitting there like, Hey, it's my bath time too. Like <laughs> and you're just running around in circles. Yes. But it was this really thoughtful design process and problem solving. And, and like what I'm sharing right now, Jamie, is honestly like this is the key to doing anything in your business. Can you take a step back and take that 360 view? Are you just looking at the problem the way everybody else has through all of history? Or are you kind of opening and expanding your mind and really taking all of the factors in consideration? And then are you, are you solving the problem in a new way? Like nobody wants something that's better right? We want something that's new. Um, one of the questions that we ask ourselves when we are designing products, because people get all excited about all these features and benefits, like how many features can I make this thing do? And really uh, the question that we ask ourselves is what else can I take away? Mm -hmm. Rather and than trying to that's so interesting because like, yeah. that's why people love like Apple because it wasn't like yes. a bunch of features. It was because it was super simple. And, and just to kind of, and just to kind of step back from your story a second, Katie, cause I think this is a really interesting topic that you're on. I really want to dig into how this can be kind of relevant for the audience because there will be, yes. I can, I can promise you there will be a ton of people who are listening to this right now who are like, I would love to take a step back and I would love to figure out like, well, how can I solve my customer's problem? And maybe yeah. for, from a, from a designer perspective, you can give us some unique insight because you know usually the way that I approach it is you know I'll look and say, well, who do I want to work with, and then like what do I know, you know, and what are my skill sets, and like what are the problems that people can solve. But honestly, like I had a really hard time figuring that out, and you know the reason I stumbled across podcast and making podcasts for other people, and you know using you know because we Katie we have a unique angle where we focus on the sales within podcasts and help people unlock that. And that came from the fact that I had like a sales background, but I loved being on podcasts, but I wanted to help entrepreneurs. So it was like that thing. But honestly, I didn't figure that out myself. Like I had no clue. Someone came up to me and was like, Jamie, you should do podcasting. I was like, no way. And then, and then kind of was like, oh, all right, maybe I'll try it. So trying to like, cause not everybody is going to have someone that can come up to them and say like, you need to do this. And I'm super grateful that that happened to me. Yeah. So what can we do? So what can people do from, you know, your experience to identify these problems and try and figure out, well, well, where can I give people a, a more simple and different solution? Yeah, such a good question. Um, a couple different things. One, you've got to be in tune with you. What's authentic to you? What aligns for you? I love, Jamie, that you have this background in sales and that you like having conversations with people. Ta-da! Like, why not a podcast about how to increase people's sales? I mean, this is brilliant. And it's fully aligned with you, right? And so... I would assume because of that, when you're doing this kind of thing, it energizes you, right? Like it oh, feels you so much. Yeah. Right. You, you get off of a call like this and you're like, all right. You just feel like you climbed a mountain in a way. Like the endorphins are running and it's exciting. And if there's a day where you have to work longer hours in a way, it doesn't matter because this is a place where you thrive and you're just energized and you can, you can create your magic. Mm -hmm. And like that's the first place I would start for anybody who's trying to figure out where they quote need to be. Ask yourself, where do I want to be? Like what excites me? What lights me up? 
where do I just get energized and what drains me? And, and stay away from the stuff that drains you. Stay away from the stuff that drains you and stay right where you can create your magic. What energizes you? Yeah, that's so important. I, it was the same for me. Like I was there, like before I went to Funnel Hacking Live, I was doing cold calling with like dentists, right? And, and those people wow. don't want to speak to you. Like they don't care. They like, they, you know, you could be the most creative marketer in the world and they just don't give a crap. Like they don't want to speak to you, right? So I was on these calls, like wishing, wishing my life away. Like, oh my God, I'm hating my life. And then went to Funnel Hacking Live and met a whole bunch of entrepreneurs. And I'm like, these are my people. Like yeah. I need to start serving these people. And, and that was, yeah. I was, you know, real lucky to be in that position. So yeah. let, me, let me talk to you a little bit more about some of, um, some of the, some of the interesting stuff you've done, Katie, unless you've got something else you want to add to that. Cause, uh, Go for it. keep asking those questions. I'm, I'm super curious because you've, you know, you said that you've been designing products for a long time. Yeah. What's some of the favorite products that you made in the early days, which maybe never like transpired into these big, you know, products that went to market? Um, well, of course my favorites went to market, although like, okay. So some of my favorites are the two that have been on the Ellen DeGeneres show, the infant bathtub, which is called Pudge tub. And then we made these really cool baby shoes. Um, they are symmetrical. So you never get them on the wrong foot because here's the thing. <laughs> they're not walking. Like when they're an infant, they're not walking. It's not like they need to be one left shoe and one right shoe. And as a busy mom, it, it was a struggle to get them onto your kicking baby's foot. And I would finally get it on and realize they're on the wrong feet. And I'm like, what's the difference? And so I made a symmetrical shoe. And the whole concept was that if even if you lose one, you can just buy one more. And I was super excited about this in the beginning. And I was like, this is brilliant. I can't believe nobody else has ever done this before. And we took it to a trade show, actually. And the trade shows loved it and it was packaged one shoe at a time. That was wow. kind of like, that was the marketing piece that was like super distinctive and different, right? It was going to separate me from the competition. It was going to be something that was story and newsworthy. And apparently I wasn't at the show, but my retailer, my rep gave me the feedback. She's like, all the retailers hate this. It's like, it's, it's a uh, retailer's nightmare. <laughs> oh no. They want to sell two shoes. And so like, it's still, it still maintained that, um, similar message, but the packaging changed and, um, it was able to catch enough attention that it ended up on the Ellen DeGeneres show. So one of my favorite products, yeah, those baby shoes. And then, um, we did a really cool bathtub that was like this cross between a robe and a towel. And my kids were between the ages of two and six at the time. And so I was like, I want one towel that's fitted for the two-year-old and fitted for the six-year-old. And so we had this towel that kind of grows with you. And it's great because kids just want to be independent, especially at that age. And so I just noticed as they were getting out of the towel, or out of the tub, they were cold, right? But they wanted to wrap themselves up, but it was just this kind of um, wadded up mess. And so I wanted something that in a way was just like super intuitive and easy for them to um, cover themselves. And so it's called the big hug and they just stick their arms in, in the wings of the towel and they give themselves a big hug and they're instantly covered. So everything that I've ever done when it comes to products, again, it's taking that step back and being really, really thoughtful. It's not just, well, can I make another towel? Like, sure, anybody can do that. You can drop ship that stuff all day long from Asia. But if I want to be distinct and different and separate myself from the competition, I got to take a step back and I've got to be really intentional and thoughtful 
And so all of the products that we have designed and, and like I still is today, I'm, I'm a coach and I, I no longer am in the physical product space, um, have sold that business actually, which was awesome. Woo. That's exciting. But everything that I do, Jamie, and this, this is to like Catherine Jones and like everybody who's in, um, digital courses or things that maybe are not physical. I, I hope that as everybody's listening to me knows that I, base everything off of true principles. And so everything I'm sharing has application to both the digital world and the physical products world. But um, it's absolutely critical if you want to be distinct and different from your competition and rise above the noise, because we live in a noisy world. If you want to rise above the noise, you have to know and understand what you value. And so the values were always driving every decision in the company. And one of those values was independence and freedom. So when I was designing a towel, I was like, I want a towel that gives my two-year-old independence. That's amazing. That she can both get herself covered with and that's really easy and intuitive for her to hang up and keep the bathroom clean and organized. So like, those were the kinds of things that were driving not just product design, but the interaction with my customers, the interaction with my wholesalers, the interaction with my customers. Like, is there a lot of story in that in terms of the yeah? So, um, another one of the values is now and wow. I want to wow my customers in value, in design, and I and in the whole experience, right? Like, what's the story and the message on the package? What's the experience like as they're pulling it out of the package? Um, my retailers, like, I wanted to wow my retailers and be very relevant to them, and so. Rather than chasing retailers, we had an application process, right? That flips the, um, why can't I think of the word? It just- Like the application onto them. Yeah, like they're coming after me, right? Mm -hmm. So we would have people fill out an application and as soon as they hit send on the application, my sales guy immediately got a ping on his cell phone, picked up his phone and called them. Why? Because they're in buy mode. You gotta get people when they're hot, right? And so, whether that's our cust or like direct to consumer or a wholesaler. And so he would wow them, if you will, by getting them on the phone as soon as they fill out an application. And every time they were speechless, they were just like, I can't believe this. Like you're, you guys are real people and you actually respond. And it was just, the close rate on that was like 99.9999%. It was just off the charts. It was easy because we were being relevant. And it's interesting because I imagine most people aren't like that. It's like, oh, it goes to the bottom of the pile and we'll get to it sure. later. And you can speak to Janice in PR, who's going to get you through to Candice, who will tell you that she's Eventually, busy. And exactly, right? Right. And, then, and the chances are that when we get back to them, that they're in that same emotional mode that made them reach out to us in the first place is like pretty much zero. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so it's really critical to be, to be there in that moment when they're ready. So Katie, I want to talk a little bit and change up gears now, because um, the reason that I know you in this space is because I see your messaging everywhere. Um, you've got this amazing tribe of people now, and you are a business coach, which is, you know, a yes. bit of a departure from the physical product world. And, and it sounds like you had, you know, a successful exit, which is super exciting. And I just love the name Pudge Tub, by the way. Is that because kids Thank are you. like, <laughs> <laughs> where did the name yeah. come from that quick? Uh, it was actually a couple different reasons. Well, one, meaning the focus was all about your baby, not the things. And the baby, oftentimes a nickname for a baby is Pudge or Pudgy. And so, um, but the other cool things, Jamie, is when we, when we came out, P, so it's spelled P-U-J, 
we were able to buy pudge.com and even just in Google before we had done any SEO, if you typed in PUJ, we immediately were number four. So like it was really good in our rankings. We could own it internationally. It just had a lot of, and, and graphically, I wanted something that was three letters. So those were all the things that were driving that decision. Yeah, that's really cool. So talk to me about this transition to a coach because, you know, um, obviously you're very affluent in front of the microphone. You can tell that from people who are listening. Were you always that way? And did you always oh. have this confidence? <laughs> and, and why did you transition into coaching? Like, how did that happen? This is a really good question. No, I lacked a lot of confidence in myself for a really long time. And I think you got a hint of that in the story with Meryl. Um, I have been very blessed along this journey um, to have some successes, but also experience massive failure, painful failure. Failure where it felt like everything I had built was, built was crashing down on me feeling like I was an, a nobody, like I was no good. And like I had failed, not just myself, but my family. And in those moments, there was always somebody I could turn to in that moment where I, I even though I couldn't believe in myself, I could see their faith and their belief in me and I could lean on them in those moments. And I had so many, in particular, Jamie, I had a lot of women who saw me saw my story that I was this mother of four and yet was building this very successful business, doing it side by side with my husband, traveling the world with my family. And it just like, it looks like the ultimate, right? And so I had all of these women who were reaching out, wanting that same success in all areas of life and trying to figure it out. And there's a lot of a very business and maybe monetary successful people in the world. Um, but I also saw a lot of people who, while they had a lot of monetary success, they, they didn't necessarily have the life I wanted in other areas. And I didn't want the success of my business to compromise my relationship with God. I didn't want the success of my business to impact negatively my health. I didn't want the success of my business to sacrifice my relationship with my husband or my kids. And so I was, I was trying to figure out how to, like, is it possible? is it even possible to have success in all of those areas? Um, this was a question like that I was asking myself before I even started my own journey. And it honestly, like 10 plus years ago, there weren't many examples of this. And I was, I was hesitant to move forward in my business because of that. And it wasn't until I began to take a step back, just like we've been talking about, I took a step back on my own life. And I said, okay, if it's possible for me to create an amazing solution in baby bathing, can I like do that same process of creation in my own life? Even though I don't see this woman that I'm trying to become and model my life after, is it possible that I can create her? And this was kind of a question that I was asking myself. And I, I switched from like, I don't know if this is possible to, I'm going to figure this out. And so I, I feel like, I have been able to experience that success and I now feel extremely responsible to now turn around and to share my experience and my journey with other people like you, like Catherine, like other entrepreneurs who feel called to share a message, to change the world, who are not okay with the status quo. And yet, here's the crazy thing, like you probably experienced this. The people who love us the most oftentimes, our parents, our siblings, maybe even our spouse, it's, it's 
scary for them to watch us go on this entrepreneurial journey. There's no guarantees, right? There's no guarantees. And so out of love, oftentimes they encourage us to not go on that journey because it looks scary. It looks risky. Um, there's too much downside, but for us, we're different. We need like, we, we experience that regret that I was talking about, right? We see the potential upside and we're like, no, I have to have that. And more importantly, I have to be that. And this is what I do with my entrepreneurs is I show, like, I show you how to take your future self and pull him or her into your reality. Like, how do I be that person today? Because there's so much of that. And, and, and I kind of got goosebumps as you're talking about this, because I, I just can picture myself back in my job thinking to myself, like, I always said I wanted to start a business. And what am I doing about that? And even, you know, just last year where I was kind of trying to make things happen and it wasn't really going there, I could, I could think, I thought to myself, like, I'm not fulfilling my true potential. Like, I know there's more that I can give. And I just, I'm not finding the right thing in the way that I want to go. And one thing I just want to touch on, Katie, is that you said about that there was lots of failures that you kind of oh, came yeah. from. What were some of the really big challenges you faced? Because, you know, and, and tell us just real quick, like how long have you been a coach for? How long has that journey been? Um, I sold my company just over two years ago. I was coaching people for about the last two years of my business. So you could say I've been a coach for four years, but um, even more so full time for two plus years. Yeah. So that's really not that long. If you think about it, like, you know, yeah. I look back to where I was two years ago, just getting started. And if I said to myself, wow, look at the success Katie's now had. And that's when she started that coaching journey. I think for a lot of people listening, that makes it very real, you know, and, and, and yeah. I think that's why I enjoy documenting my process so much is I say to people, look, I'm only a couple of steps ahead, you know, and, and it's only, it doesn't take long for these th things to take hold. So can you tell us about some of the major challenges you faced in the last couple of years? as you have kind of stepped into this kind of coaching role and process? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you want, you want failure from the last three, four years. I want to, I want to say like recent, you know, and I always say challenges because I think people challenges. get, and, and I like that you can embrace it, Katie. And, and I can see that you can, but a lot of people yeah. I speak to, like they, they find a lot of fear in failure, you know, and it, and actually Ooh. not even fear, but guilt. You know, and they and they don't always want to share it because maybe they feel like it was a bad decision or something like that. And the yeah. reason that I want you to share it, Katie, is that I know that you embrace it, and I want you to do so openly in a way to try and empower others that it's okay to fail. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh gosh, Jamie, this is so good, and I love that you bring this up in the conversation because I do feel like there's too much emphasis on the highlight reel and the successes, if you will, that we don't get to see. You know, I after my 12 plus years in this entrepreneurial journey, I know that failure is my blueprint to success. And if I don't have failure, then I'm then I'm almost never going to succeed. We can't be in a standstill. And, and create a perfect map and know exactly what we need to do and then start executing. That's not how it works. We have to be moving, we have to be in motion. So like my hat is off to you. And like you're, you're moving, you're doing all of this and you are taking action, right? Even though you, maybe you can't totally see the end and, and where you're all going. But crazy thing is like, even if we think we can see that, it shifts, it changes, it moves. So 
when I made this leap and I made a very bold decision to sell my company, um, actually I, I wasn't even looking to do that. I was looking to grow it significantly. And the partner that I was talking to who wanted to fund that said, I just, I've watched you from the beginning. I love everything that you're doing and I just want more of it. And so I, I made this bold decision to sell my company, which was really exciting, but kind of unexpected. And I had been feeling this like just deep down, I had been feeling this, need to connect with people on a deeper level. And it was actually really frustrating me because I was like, okay, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and so I was like, cool. And it's hard to explain because you like some days yeah. you just have that feeling and, and you yeah. can't always pinpoint what it is. It might just be, yes. you know, when people say like there's something in you that's missing and then you don't know what that is, like that's right. very real, right? Yeah, and it was scary for me. And I, I kept thinking, okay, does this mean then that I'm connecting with people on a deeper level through expanding in my current company that I was in, Pudge? And like I explored possibilities of creating a community of moms or women or what, whatever it was. And I just like, I was afraid to take action. Can I be honest here? Like for two years, I would come up with these amazing plans and I would have it all figured out and I couldn't move. I couldn't take action. And one day I met somebody at an event and he and I were talking and I was sharing this story with him and I was sharing him my frustration. And I'm like, I believe in a greater power. I call him God. You can call him whatever you want. But, and I was, I was doing everything I could to connect with God. So I knew what his plan for me was. And I was frustrated because I was, I didn't have that clear path forward. I'm like, okay, you want me to keep going and you want me to connect with people, but what in the world does that mean? It was just, it was scary because I built this really big amazing company and i didn't want to mess it up jamie like i was so terrified of messing it all up that it was it was preventing me from taking action and he said to me why are you hiding behind god and i was like what do you mean why am i hiding behind god what are you even talking about like i say my prayers i read my scriptures i go to the temple like i'm doing everything i can to hear him in my life and he's not telling me what to do. Like he knows I'm a jumper. I'm up against this cliff and I got to jump and he's not shining the light. I was mad. And, uh, this, this individual says to me, he's already told you what to do. And my ears perk up. I'm like, he has, did he tell you like, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> and he said, he's given you agency. He wants you to choose. And I was terrified. I was sick to my stomach. He wants me to choose. He wants me to choose. Like he, he invited me to build this whole empire. This is where I get emotional. Ah, he wants me to choose. What if I screw it up? Like, have you ever been there? <laughs> what if I mess it all up? What if I go down the wrong road and I look back at my life and I'm like, dang it. I wish I hadn't done that thing. And I was so afraid of that. Um, but at the same time, like I had been immobile and not moving for two years. And that voice would not leave me alone. That voice of keep going, that voice of you've got to connect with people. And I made a decision and I jumped and I, I like I had to declare who I was moving forward. And until that point, I had been an entrepreneur and I had been a product designer and I had been the CEO of this really amazing company. And um, something that you might not hear very often, when you sell a company, in a way you're like losing a, a piece of your identity. Mm -hmm. And I, it was really unexpected. Nobody had told me that. So here I like was no longer associated with this global brand. It wasn't mine anymore. 
And it was this really scary moment of, okay, I'm not the, I'm not the founder of like, well, I'm always the founder, but like, I'm not the CEO of this company anymore. And I'm not even a product designer right now. What in the world am I doing? And I was in this really weird limbo place, Jamie, where I was, you know, like sobbing in the shower. Like, who do you think you are? That you're going to go inspire people? You're going to go tell people what to do in their life and you're going to show them how to have success? Like, who are you? There was big time resistance when I made that leap. Big time. And it was, it was a struggle at first because of internally what was going on. And like to make a long story short, I had to make a very clear decision. And like I had done earlier in my life where I created myself, I had to do it again. And I got really clear who I am. And I declared that. And it was amazing what began to show up in my life after making that declaration about deciding who I am and who I serve and how I serve them. I think that's really powerful. And, and thank you for sharing that because it's, it's truly amazing to hear you go through that and, and come out the other side, because I think, you know, heavy is the head that wears the crown. I think people forget that yeah. they think that money is going to take away all of that indecision and take away all of that, you know, those troubles. But the truth is it only it. gets harder, you it know, you get that position and it's like, well, now I've built up to this level. Like, how do I make sure that I continue to grow it? How do I keep my family safe? How do I go into a new direction, not knowing what to do? And, and, and it can paralyze you. And you're not the first person to tell me about that situation. I had uh, a guest on the other week and, and he's got a $10 million company, had built a $10 million company and lost it all. And I said, how do you, you know, as someone, and I said to him, you know, as someone who's never been in that position, how do you lose that? You know, and he said, and the truth is because, going from that position where you are, you feel like you, you, you live that certain lifestyle and you don't want to let people down in your life and you want to keep providing and you don't want to, you know, and that's a lot of pressure to be it's in that situation. So yeah. talk to me about, you know, when these emotions come up, because, because it is emotional, you know, when you have yeah. these emotions in this moment of failure, because I think what's interesting, Katie, is that that failure for you wasn't going out and having a product that failed. It was, yeah not making progress right that yeah. was the the thing that was there for you and most people would say well you know that's comfortable you know you weren't in turmoil your business wasn't failing you know but for you that was just maybe like a stagnant period where you couldn't take action what what yeah. kind of emotions come up and i know you shared that but when those emotions come up of those feelings of like i'm not making progress i'm not you know I, who am i what am i gonna do how do you yeah. how do you get through that? Like, what is some like action steps that you took yes. to help you to? I know I know that conversation that you just shared was pivotal, yeah. but like, what yeah. do you do from that? We've got to get out of our head, and we do this in two ways: either in our journal and write out, like even just write out what you're feeling. The who am I's the you don't know, you don't have the authority. We got to get out of our head, or we'll constantly be stuck. Um, so we get out of our head either in a journal or in conversation with a powerful coach, like what you and I are doing right now. Um, you, if we don't, if we don't begin to see what's going on inside of us, it will continue to destroy us. So in those moments when we're feeling that doubt, when we're feeling that frustration, when we're feeling stuck, get a journal out. And I'm talking about pen and paper, like typing on the computer. It just, it doesn't work for me. The other thing we need to do is be still and create quiet in our life. We live in a busy time. 
there are constant interruptions, right? In our Facebook Messenger, in our Facebook notifications, in our Instagram, in our text messages, in our email, phone calls. It's just constant interruption. And so if we want quiet in our life, we have to create it. And one of the ways that I create quiet in my life happens in the morning. I slip out of the bed and I say prayers. And I don't just pray, I continue to kneel and listen. I'm quiet. And then another time that I have found to do this is after I say those prayers, I get my workout clothes on, I head to the gym. And look, I'm, I'm not an, like a superstar athlete. I'm just there to like create energy for myself for the day, which I do, and I have a routine that I do. Um, and then when I get home, I found this third dimension where if I'm in my car in the driveway, I haven't gone into the house yet because I've got four kids and you know, I've got to get them off to school in the morning. Um, but if like, if I'm, it's usually like 6.45 in the morning and I can sit there and be quiet and listen. So often we think the answers are out there and like with outside of us, right? And that we just haven't found answers, but I have found so often the answers are actually inside of us. And if we can create quiet, if we can listen, and I'm not talking about our ears, listening with our ears, like listen with our heart. And it, it, it involves asking powerful questions, right? So like ask powerful questions and then what am I hearing as I listen, as I'm quiet, as I'm still? And then write those things down. And then it, it's not enough to have insight, Jamie. It's not enough to have insight. We've got to be moving and taking action. So after we ask those powerful questions, after we listen to what we're hearing and we write it out, then we have to connect an action to that insight. Because insight alone is not going to change our circumstances. It's not going to build our business. We have to be moving. We have to be taking action. So how can I take that insight and move it into my reality through action? So yeah. yeah, I'm afraid. Yeah, I'm scared. Yeah, I don't fully believe in myself. Yes, I don't have full confidence, but guess what? Can I do it afraid? Can I do it even though I'm not fully confident in it? And ultimately, it's a choice. Am I going to exercise that power that I have to choose and be in action and move? You know, it's so funny because that clarity is super powerful. And um, one thing that I've been trying to do more of, but again, I catch myself because you're so right. Those busy moments, my whole day is like mapped out because I've got so much going on right now that I just don't take those moments to sit down and say to myself, like, well, what do I really need? And, you know, it's funny because I'm, I'm super busy. And yesterday I was like, you know what? I'm going to just go. One of the things that I love to do is I go to the cinema. I go to the movies. Like it's one of my only hobbies, I guess. And, uh, and yesterday I went and I went and I tuned out a little bit and I kind of enjoyed the movies. And then afterwards, you know, I went and I, I got some, I got some donuts for my girlfriend cause she's American and we're in South Korea right now. Like we don't have all that food lying around. And I just sat there for a minute, you know, and I had 20 minutes with just me in an open journal. And I just was thinking about that moment. I was like, well, I'm super busy and I've got these things and I could be working, but I was, I, I just sat there and just didn't really think about anything. And I was just okay. trying to get into that clarity, but I really struggled to do that for a long time. And, you know, and, and it's funny that you say, cause I actually used to have a lot of guilt associated with sitting in my car because I used to come home at the end of a work day. And before I went in, I would have maybe 20 minutes where I would just sit with the car turned off, maybe with the radio off and, mm -hmm. 
and, and I used to think, you know, and part of that sometimes is maybe I didn't want to go in, you know, I wasn't in a great relationship at that time. But then okay. I look back and I say to myself, well, no, maybe that was good. Maybe that's good. But the, at the time, I had so much guilt associated with that. Is there, what, what do you think about that, Katie? Do you ever find that when people, you know, are automatically finding those moments, is that a, yeah. a good thing, a bad thing? It's like, is that guilt real? Like, what, what's that about? Uh, I think a better question rather than is that good or bad is, is that serving you? So when we feel guilty, is that serving you? I have found with myself and the entrepreneurs that I work with, this feeling of guilt is, is really just a bad habit. Mm -hmm. It's a bad habit. And like any bad habit, we can't just tell ourselves to stop doing it because that just reinforces it, honestly. And so if you look at the good things in your life, but feel guilty about them, I would invite you to replace that guilt with gratitude. And I've done this a lot in my life. Like when I first started making money before we like saw any success in our business, I was living on food storage, rice and beans. I was really good at grinding wheat and making four loaves of bread. And so when I started to bring in some income and buy fresh food for my family, I would feel guilty spending money. And I noticed it one day and I noticed how that guilt made me feel, right? It didn't make me feel great. It made me feel horrible. And I was like, I got to get rid of this. I don't like this feeling and it's not serving me. And so I just instantly said, well, what would feel better? Gratitude would feel better. And especially since one, I replaced one G with another G, right? Guilt for gratitude. And gratitude is super powerful. And we have seen it now since then. Um, so many people speak about how powerful gratitude is. Uh, I really feel like that's why prayer is so powerful too, right? It's that moment of expressing gratitude and taking that time to recognize what we're grateful for is super powerful in our life. So, I mean, you could do the same thing and I still do this, replacing the guilt with gratitude. No, I, I love that. And I think that's really powerful. And one thing just while we're on this subject of gratitude, and one thing that I like to challenge my audience to do, especially when we have amazing guests on like yourself, Katie, is that I kind of want to think about, well, what can we challenge our audience to do? What one action could we say to somebody listening? Look, I know, and, and people listening, if you don't know this, this is something really important to know. Only a couple percent of you, maybe one, two, maybe 3%, We'll listen to this episode and we'll do something about it now. And again, the other thing we want to do want to know is don't feel guilty about that. Like if you, if you haven't taken action, don't beat yourself up about it. But if we wanted to give somebody an opportunity, a, a first step to take something that they can, having listened to this today, they can turn this off and say, you know what, I'm going to do what Katie told me to do. And I'm going to start taking action. What would that be? What would that look like? Well, first of all, I would say, what are you hearing for you? Like, I can give you what I think you need, but honestly, I'm not inside of your head. So I would invite anybody who is listening to this and is still here right now, I want you to, to think about this amazing conversation that me and Jamie have had and what is resonating with you. Because that's the piece you need to take action on. So what are you hearing for you? And again, I'm not talking about what are you hearing with your ears? What's resonating with you? What's aligning with you? What makes sense for you? And then what's an action that you can attach to that? Maybe you are feeling guilt in your life for things that are actually good and they're like not bad things in your life. Can you begin to acknowledge and recognize when you are, when you're moving down that road of that bad habit of guilt and can you begin to replace it with gratitude? 
can you notice where you're not choosing in your life, right? Where you are in a standstill and stuck and frustrated and make a bold decision to move in any direction, right? Because moving in any direction is better than halting or stopping our progress. So I would invite the listener to answer this question. Get out a pen and paper right now and write down what you're hearing for you. And then attach to that, what am I going to do about it? What's the action I can take because of this new insight? I love that. And I think, I think that's powerful. And for me, and I'll share it, you know, one of the big things that I'm hearing is, you know, I need to replace any of these bad feelings that I kind of, and not, not bad because bad is subjective, right? But like any of those feelings that I'm unhappy with, just recognizing that and then saying, well, what do I, what do I want to do instead? One thing I've been trying to practice a lot recently is just to be aware of why I have certain feelings. So, you know, mm-hmm. if I get frustrated, if I feel happy, if I, you know, um, feel guilty, if I feel like someone's, you know, making a joke of me, I, I ask myself like, well, why do I feel that? And I'm trying to be just a lot more present with that, which is super powerful. So Casey, yeah. this is, this is like so, you know, awesome to me because it's it's singing a lot of the same tunes as to where my head's been at recently. Jamie, you want to know the next level of that why question? Absolutely. Because here's the thing: like we could get stuck in the why and re and honestly, ultimately, just reinforce the the negative or non powerful thing that we're doing. So another question that you could ask yourself next time, which like why is a great place to start. But then what if you ask yourself, what's the story I'm telling myself right now? Am I telling myself that you're a mis- that I'm a misfit, that, I, that I'm not successful, that I'm behind, that I'm too late? Am I telling myself that nobody's gonna resonate with this message? So what is the story I'm telling myself? And the opportunity is to create a new powerful story and replace it. Mm-hmm. And it, it's very hard, right, to identify your own false beliefs and to be able to change them into new ones, but so powerful. And, uh, and you know, I've done this with some of my students. I say, hey, let's create a persona. Let's create a new version of you just Love when it. we're on the mic that isn't, you know, let's let, and let's make that person everything you want it to be. And I get them to write out all of the things that their radio persona is. And, and it's funny because they, that's in a way, I guess, is writing that kind of new story for themselves. But, you know, I, I don't know yes. if you ever find this, Katie, I, I find sometimes it's very easy to tell other people to do something and it's even harder for you to do that for yourself. You know, it's not human nature to just look in, right? It hurts too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's easier to just point at everybody else and say what they're doing wrong. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. I have found that that doesn't that does not get me anywhere in life. And once I figured that out, I was like, man, like I just want to grow and progress and ultimately change as much as I can. Like I thrive on this stuff. I love that, Katie. Can I ask you what's the what's the number one thing that you enjoy the most doing in your business right now? Because I'm always curious about this with different entrepreneurs having conversations just like this. Um, Like my high performing entrepreneurs, we have a one-on-one conversation. Actually, it's not even, there's no video. It's just audio and I'm listening to their language and I love it. Like I am this detective that's trying to figure out what's the thing that's getting in your way right now. I love that. I love that. That's super cool. And tell me a little bit about the vision for where you want to go. What does Katie Richardson in five years time? And this is a hard question because I imagine in the last two years, you've had a ton of momentum, a ton of stuff that's changed. 
and to look forward to five years time can be tricky, but I kind of challenge you to do that. What, what's that going to look like for you in the future? And what do you want to get to? You know, I'm entering this new phase, not just in my business, but in my life. Like I said, I have four kids and my youngest will be starting kindergarten at the end of summer. And so this will be the first time that I like, I have <laughs> a real chunk of time to dedicate to my work. And I'm really excited to really scale this thing, um, to scale my message. I, I believe very strongly in the processes that I teach and the methods. And I have seen, like I have had multiple entrepreneurs who have worked with me who have literally 10X their business, like the money's in the bank account. And so it's exciting to me to know and understand, like, how do I begin to really scale this thing and not just impact through the one-on-one -on -one conversations? Like, that's really cool, but how can I reach more people? Wow, that's so, amazing. Like, that's that and, and, so like, that's my personal thing that I want to do over the next five years. And my husband and I have something that we're building together. It is the world's top mastermind for brand builders. This is how you get your customers coming to you. Kind of like I described earlier. Um, that, like that was the magic of what we did at Pudge is the retailers, the customers, the media, they came to us. And so we show people essentially our formula. So I'm excited. It's called not normal N T N R M L. And it's just, it's changing people's businesses. Catherine's actually a part of that as well. And it's just, it's amazing to watch as you can show somebody, both the art and the science of building a real brand, how it just makes their business explode and it separates them from the competition. Like there is no competition at the, at the top. Yeah. You're the best. I love so much, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, thank you. Yeah. And thank you so much for sharing that. And Katie, just before we finish this interview, and it's been probably one of my favorite interviews I've done um, for a long time. And I really appreciate wow. you being with me. Um, if somebody wants to follow along, wants to find out more about everything you're doing, Katie, and, and really wants to, find out more about your story. And, and I know you have an amazing podcast and I really would love for you to send people to that podcast to hear more about what you're doing there. Where would be the best places for people to follow along and find out more information about you? So the podcast is called What's Working Now. And right now it lives as Facebook Lives on Facebook. <laughs> so you can go find Katie Richardson Coaching. I've got curly blonde hair. When you see the picture, you're like, I think that's it. That's me, Katie Richardson. <laughs> Um, I also am very active on my personal Facebook page and you can find me on Instagram, katie.live, like live TV, L-I-V-E. And um, yeah, like I, on those channels, Jamie, like you're getting real full authentic Katie. I share a very deep personal but powerful message and it changes people's lives. And so if you are interested in that kind of thing and you want something that is not like the copy and paste in, uh, story that you hear other places, but you want something that truly will move you to action and inspire you to create something real, right? Create real impact, then go follow me in those places. And I, and I think the truth is, Katie, anybody that's listening to this point now will absolutely want to go and check that out because they, they'll be sticking around for you because of everything that you've shared. So I would really encourage you guys to make sure you head over there. By the way, if you are a podcast listener and you are going to go to Katie's show, make sure you give her a review. I don't know if you know, but podcast reviews are the lifeblood of podcasts. And if you've got uh, anything like that, definitely go and make sure you subscribe, follow her. If you're doing it on Facebook Lives, Katie, people absolutely want to hit that notification to get notified when you go live as well. So make sure yeah. that um, you, you hit all of those buttons. Katie, thank you so much 
for being on the show. I really, really appreciate it. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you want to share with the audience? Yeah, thank you for giving me one last second. Um, I shared earlier that there were those moments where I didn't believe in myself, right? When I was ready to throw in the towel, I'm a failure. This is a total loss. Uh, who, who did I think I was to even try and attempt this? And I want everybody who's listening to know that I've been there. And when you're in those moments of feeling stuck, of feeling like a failure, of feeling like, I don't know if I can move forward. I want you to know that Katie Richardson in Vancouver, Washington, I believe in you. And I know that you can do it. And when you can't believe in yourself in those moments, I want you to, to lean on me and my belief in you. You got this. Wow, that's amazing, Katie. Thank you so much for being on this interview. And one final thing to ask you is after being on the show today, is there anybody that you can think of within your network that you would want to recommend to come on a show with us in the future? Oh, Jamie, that's such a good question. Um, let me think about it for a second. Have you done Annie Grace? I haven't. Annie Grace. She's awesome. Um, Annie Grace is amazing. Are you, um, let me think. So I'm in Russell Brunson's inner circle. She's in Russell's inner circle as well. And she has an amazing story, like similar. She wasn't trying to build a business, but she had a life experience that changed her and it was um, realizing that she was an alcoholic and trying to figure out how to overcome that. And she has built this amazing movement, showing people how to be in control, even when you think you don't have control. It's really cool. Wow. And like, I've never touched alcohol, but I have learned a ton from Annie. She's amazing. Mm -hmm. That sounds awesome. I'm definitely gonna reach out and, and speak to her. And, and you know, there you go. Anybody else that's listening, if you wanna find someone else to go and follow that Katie really respects, then, then make sure you go check out Annie as well. So Katie, thank you so much for today. I really appreciate it. And I'm really looking forward to continuing to speak to you and, and seeing where you go over the next couple of years. It's gonna be fun. And hey, maybe we can get you back on for another interview in the future. I would love that. Yes. Thank you, Jamie. This was amazing. No worries. And thanks, guys, for listening. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Bye-bye. Hey everyone, I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.